Hey, I just broke my leash. Now what? You know, I tell you a little story as we kind of set the stage for what we're going to talk about here today. This is a story about a dog straining at his leash, barking ferociously at a cat about 15 feet away. I mean, all of his actions just screamed, hey, turn me loose. I'm going to make things happen. You're going to be blown away at what I'm going to do. Well, all of a sudden, in the midst of a powerful lunge, the leash snapped and the dog was free to go attack the cat. But he looked astonished. He was frightened, actually terrified. He quickly grabbed the leash, ran back to the torn section, whipped it together in a triple knot. Then he could again safely scream, if only you turn me loose, you'd see what I'm capable of. Well, a lot of you have had your leash broken this year. You're free from what you thought was trapping you, holding you back. It may have been unexpected and even unwelcome. But the question is, what are you doing with the freedom now that you have it? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, here we are taking care of business as we approach the last quarter of the year. What a wild and crazy year this has been. Goodness. I know a lot of things have been unexpected, certainly not what we wanted or anticipated. Can we think about how this year has changed what we thought it was going to be? We were all excited about going into the year 2020. I mean, what a cool year, 2020, perfect vision. Things are going to be great. We could envision what we wanted it to be. And then all of a sudden, things went up in smoke. Been a different year for all of us. Well, we're going to talk about some of the opportunities that have been created because of that in the questions that we've got today. Somebody says, Dan, when will your Sabbath musings be available? I'll give you an update on that. If only I was unemployed. What advice do you have regarding health insurance for the self-employed? Comes up a lot. I'll give you some pointers on that. Somebody says, if I'm good at presenting, can I find opportunities to make money? All right. Now we're going to, we've got some good news, things I want to share with you, some cool things happening this year that have been unexpected in the good news arena. Quotation comes from Herbert Hoover, one of our previous presidents, who said, freedom is the open window through which pours the sunlight of the human spirit and human dignity. So we're going to be talking about freedom. Some of you got some unexpected freedom this year. Well, our resource kind of ties into that as well. Uh, This has to do with security. Many of you thought you had security and found out it was only an illusion. You didn't really have security. It just had the appearance of that as long as you were getting those regular paychecks on Friday and now it's gone. You didn't have security. Well, we got a resource for you to go kind of understand what security really means. If you go to 48days.com slash security, you got a, we've got a, a free little video there for you. 48days.com slash security. You need to have a realistic understanding of what security is and is not, especially as so many things have changed this year. Well, I've got a couple of good news items here I want to share with you. And this is in Kenosha, Wisconsin. A farmer plants 2 million sunflowers just to make people smile. He's been busy during this pandemic. He planted 2 million sunflowers to give others joy. 
So guest, he's got a strawberry farm, so people come because of that. But they are then invited to cut and take a dozen of the bright flowers home once they're done wandering through the fields, taking pictures, having a good time in the late summer sun. You know, there's something about sunflowers. It's just inspiring. I mean, it just makes you smile to look at a sunflower. I've always enjoyed them from the time I was a little kid. We never had a lot of them, but we always had a couple. Seems my mom and dad just wanted to have a few just to kind of brighten the place up and rightfully so. Well, this guy in Wisconsin, Scott Thompson's a fourth generation berry farmer. Um, He said that people have been coming from Milwaukee and Chicago and a lot of places. He says people are saying, we just needed to get out of the city and come out to a place where I could take off my mask for a couple of hours. So they're coming out there taking pictures, walking through the sunflowers. He said it makes for pretty awesome pictures. We use shorter ones for the perfect selfie so you can get that sea of yellow behind you. You know, a a couple years ago, there was a guy in Wisconsin who planted a four-mile stretch of sunflowers to honor his late wife. She had been known for her sunflower growing, always shared them with neighbors. And so he did that, planted four-mile stretch of sunflowers, got some cooperation from neighboring farmers to do that. So they had four miles uninterrupted of sunflowers. And then he sold the seeds and raised money for cancer research, which um, is what his wife had suffered from. Anyway, just some cool things there that are happening that I wanted to share with you about sunflowers. Just again, it just makes you smile to think about it. Well, here's another one. Then we'll go into our questions. Billionaire reaches his goal of giving away his entire fortune after 38 years of secret donations. So in 1982, a wealthy businessman, that's 38 years ago, set up a philanthropic foundation. His goal was to secretly give away his entire fortune. Now, 38 years later, he has achieved his goal at the age of 89. 89. So he was what, 51 years old when he started this, started giving away his his millions and billions of dollars. Chuck Feeney is his name. He made his money in the duty-free shopping business, building a nest egg of $8 billion over the course of his lifetime. The Irish American is known for his frugality and humility. Um, doesn't spend it on himself, but he's been finding ways to give this away and kept a really low profile for a long time. But then some of his gifts, I mean, he gave, my goodness, where is it? He gave $3.7 billion to higher education institutions, including a billion dollars to Cornell University alone, where he studied for free under the GI Bill after serving in the Air Force during the Korean War. He also donated $870 million to various human rights groups and $1.9 billion to fund various projects in Northern Ireland. His parents came over here to America from Northern Ireland. Uh, just kind of a cool story. He, he said, you know, his thing was, don't wait until you can't do it. Don't wait until you can't recognize what your money did. Give it away while you're here. And his, his foundation has now reached zero. Kind of interesting. He's 89 years old. Foundation has reached zero. So he did what he wanted to do, gave it all away. You know, funny thing, I mean, it's strange, not in ha-ha funny, but in strange, giving is up dramatically in the United States this year. Now you would think, wow, everybody's scared to death. No, this is what happens when there are challenges. When there are challenges, people who have resources are very, very generous. We talked about that in our Monday mentor call in the Eagles community this week about how 
People who are very successful tend to be the most generous, giving, open-handed people in the world. People at the very bottom who are struggling, they're the ones who are tight and stingy and looking to take something from somebody else. Now you'll find people who are, have resources, be very generous. And giving is up dramatically this year, 2020. With all the uncertainty happening, it's up. Well, good, good commentary on human goodness, human kindness. Well, let's go to some questions. Um, this comes from Jordan who says, Dan, hope this email finds you well. Just wanted to check in and see if you did print Sabbath musings yet. As a regular podcast listener, I haven't heard an update. Wouldn't love to purchase a copy as soon as it's available. Well, thanks, Jordan. Your, your question, I've gotten a lot of those questions. And I know that I, I mentioned, my goodness, I went back and looked at some notes. I mentioned having it available in May of this year. Well, I didn't do that. I didn't have it ready, did I? Well, it is at the publishers. The manuscript is finished. It's at the publishers. You're just going through the details required there, getting the layout finished, and then it will go to be printed. We're printed in a very unusual format, so that'll take a little bit longer. It's going to be done with an imitation leather cover with gold edge pages, bookmark. It'll be feel real heavy in a little gift box. So we're doing some fancy things there just to make it seem like, like more of a legacy piece. Like, like it's something more substantial that you have in your hand. I'm really, really excited about it. These are just short pieces I've been writing every Sunday mo- morning for a couple of years now, but just more philosophical, spiritual kind of encouragement and challenges to help us, um, expand our thinking a little bit, hopefully. So I'm excited about that. This first one is called An Understanding Heart. And I do hope to have those in our offices by January at this point. So it's one of those things, you know, it's interesting as we look back on goals, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well. If you have a goal and you set it for May of 2020 and you didn't hit it, did you fail? Well, I'll just put myself in the driver's seat here. Did I fail? Well, you could technically look at that and say, yes, I failed. But you know what? I actually have it finished at this point. It is moving along. It is in process now out of my hands and it will happen. So it's a delayed thing. Now I was way farther along in May than I ever was previous to that. So I look at those kind of things. I mean, I I don't look at that as a failure. I still want to look at, okay, what's the progress that I made? In this case, it has moved along. So I hope you've got a lot of things this year that even if you didn't accomplish them totally, what is the progress that you've made? That's a way to look at goals and your progression toward those. Well, Joey said this, this is the one that kind of prompted our our lead in today. Joey said, if only I was unemployed, said, I recently got laid off from my job due to the pandemic, but I was lucky enough to have saved up enough for four to five months of bills. So truthfully, I'm not in a hurry to find another dead-end job to just get me by. With that said, I used to tell myself, if only I was unemployed, I would be in the best shape of my life. I turned a side hustle into a business or even start a side hustle for that matter. But now my, my wish came true and I'm beginning to think I was all talk. Because I had an excuse, work. I'm not sure where to go from here. Do I pursue an entrepreneurial lifestyle, full force, or to go back to the comfort zone and find a nine to five job? Joey, I love your question. I love your vulnerability in laying this out, saying, you know, you have, you were all talk when you had a job. And just saying, oh, if only you were unemployed, boy, you'd go out here and crush it. Well, you're like that 
the dog I talked about who was on a leash, then all of a sudden the leash broke and thought, whoa, this is not what I really expected. He went back and tied the leash together. Well, a lot of people are doing that. And in light of your question, a lot of people would just say, well, I lost my job, so I need to quick go find another one, even if it's not what I want to do. Man, I commend you on taking a breath here and saying, okay, I've got the freedom. What is it that I really want to do? I mean, a lot of you have experienced in this. You've been laid off, the company closed, your business did not do well in this crazy year. All of a sudden you find yourself free from what you thought was holding you back. I mean, every day I hear from people who have that leash around their neck. You know, if only I was not trapped in this stinking job. If only I lived in Franklin, Tennessee, where I could hang out with Michael Hyatt and Dave Ramsey and John Acuff and Dan Miller. If only I had a college degree. If only I had the money to start up my awesome idea. Well, the essence of the lesson for all of us is when we're ready to consider that we've created the obstacle, we're also ready to consider the possibilities of being free. I want to let that sink in a minute. When, we've, when we're ready to consider that we have created the obstacle. So if you're in a job, you chose that. Nobody forced you, you chose that. But when you realize that what you think is holding you back is something you created, then you're also ready to consider the possibilities of being free. Now, I'm thrilled also here from people every day who broke the leash and are doing extraordinary things. I mean, they whipped the cat and kept going. Guy, my, my good friend, Andy Traub, you know, lived in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And it was uh, probably about six years ago, we talked about the possibilities of moving somewhere more conducive to his entrepreneurial spirit. But Andy valued family ties in Sioux Falls and just decided to stay there. But he didn't just stop with that. He started contributing to the 48 Days community, been involved for a long time. I mean, you've heard his voice and hosting popular podcast, um, seen him as a member of our advisory team. So I may have seen him launch his successful book, Early to Rise. Maybe heard him scream, with his family, we're debt free on the Dave Ramsey show recently. Well, needless to say, his life has changed dramatically in the last six years. They did move from Sioux Falls. They started visiting in the Nashville, Franklin, Tennessee area and decided they would move. They did leave family and the security of being there. They moved to Spring Hill, Tennessee, just south of Franklin, got to know the area. And then based on Andy's growing success, they built a beautiful new home. There was even a, there was an article in, in Forbes magazine about how one man wrote his family out of debt. Well, congratulations, Andy, you're blazing the trail. You broke the leash and uh, kept on going. Terry in Orlando and a couple other stories like that wrote, I started giving an extra 110% all the while focusing on the great aspects of my job instead of what I previously been doing, focusing on the toxic negativity, which affected all areas of my life. So he started giving 110%. He said, shortly thereafter, I unexpectedly received a 10% off-season raise. My manager said that I was bringing a lot of value to the project, and I deserved a boost. Three months later, I received a stellar performance review with an additional 5% pay increase. Thanks for sharing your words of wisdom to help me turn my life around. Wow. Here's one from Joseph from... Beaverton, Oregon, sent this note. I'm an adult student changing fields from construction to accounting. 
Now, I love these where somebody really makes a significant change in what they're doing. Construction to accounting. I'm in my last year of school looking for a position in my new field. I bought and read your books. I followed your system. I carefully researched 20 firms, sent out introduction letters. Then several days later, I sent out cover letters with resumes. Before I have had a chance to even start calling them, I had two of them contact me for interviews. And after interviewing, I received two job offers. I'm excited to accept the second of the two offers. I believe it's exactly what I'm looking for. Well, there's more. You heard me, you've heard me talk about um, Joshua. It says, Dan, I just want to say thank you for your books and podcast. I feel like I sit down, get to sit down and have coffee with you every Friday. I'm a farrier and thought I could never get out of this line of work. If you aren't familiar with that term, it's a, um, he does puts shoes on horses. <laughs> that's what he, what he does, but that's a farrier. But thanks to listening to you, I taught myself to be a software developer studying 21 hours a week for the past seven months. Now he, he went on from there, his first job, he got a $90,000 a year job. He went on from there to well over six figures, but put him, took himself out of being a blacksmith to being a software developer. So the question is, is that leash really holding you back? Now, Joey, Back to your wonderful, wonderful question, the way you've set this up. Do you go back to work, just find a job, or do you pursue an entrepreneurial lifestyle full force, as, as what you said? I don't know what's right for you, but what a great opportunity you have to consider all the options. So you've got a little nest egg. You aren't forced to do something immediately. You've got this opportunity, window of opportunity to look at all the options. You can look at getting another job. You can look at consulting in an area that you really have some expertise. You can look at freelancing, being an independent contractor. You can look at all these work models that we've got out there. You can look at being a, a digital nomad. I mean, we, we talk about having the freedom to live everywhere you want to and still work for a company. And then certainly the entrepreneurial things. I mean, is there something that you could put legs on, an idea of your own, and move on into that? So you have that opportunity. Filter all those possibilities through what you know about yourself. What are your strongest skills and abilities? What are your personality tendencies? What are your values, dreams, and passions? That acts as a filter for you to look at all those possibilities out there. Then you can choose, knowing that you're in the driver's seat. You're not being forced you're not desperate. You're in the driver's seat. You can choose and then move forward with confidence. Golly, absolutely love the question. Well, hey, just a reminder here. These are real life questions coming from you, the listeners. I value those. I'm honored to get those questions in. Just shoot those questions in to askdan at 48days.com. You can also send success stories or other tips that you think the other listeners would enjoy. Get a lot of those here as well. And just send those in to askdan. 48days.com. Now, I got an audio question here from Christy. I'm going to play it for you. And uh, I had to think a minute to kind of figure out what she was saying. You may as well, but I've got a real clear answer. So let me play this from Christy. Hi, Dan. My name is Christy, and I am looking for a podcast that you had presented a while back, and it is. You gave us the information to workshops. Like if we wanted to present a workshop, you gave us links to the companies 
that present the workshops. <clears throat> they pay to have the hotel set up or the room, and then we would go and present the workshops to the people that attend. I'm looking for those uh, contacts, those uh, websites you had had given us. And I've been looking on my old podcast for about four hours. I thought I might have saved it, but I'm unable to locate it. The ones that I've saved, I've re-listened to, but it's not one of those. So any help would be appreciated. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Well, thanks for your question, Christy. You know, these, these kind of questions always make me scratch my head because, you know, I talk about a lot of things in a lot of different venues. You know, I write a lot and then do podcasts. I'm a guest on other podcasts and we do a lot of things in the 40 Days Eagles community. And, I'm like, and then somebody mentioned something that I talked about two years ago and I think, oh my gosh, I have no idea. Now, I don't do a great job of cataloging those things or really having consistent list of resources. I I've just, I mentioned things and I expect you being the brilliant people that you are to just jot those things down, use them however it's useful to you. But anyway, uh, Christy's question is very real, and I know now what she's talking about. And it is the idea. If you are a good presenter, is there an opportunity for you to present even somebody else's material and get paid for that? Sure, there is. Now, here's the deal. Here are some of the some of the companies, and I'll put some of these links in the show notes today. These are just some examples, but companies like American Management Association, National Seminars Group, uh, Fred Pryor Seminars is a big one, Skillpath, Pageant Thompson, on-site workshops. Those are some, and I'll put some links to some of these in there. Now, here's the deal. If American Management Association, they're, they're one of the biggest ones. So they may put out that they're going to have a workshop in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Marriott Hotel on October 26th, you know, from 8 o'clock in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. They may put out 100,000 flyers on that, and they're going to get 120 people who show up in a room. They've got the material. The content is already there. They need a skilled presenter to just present that. And those positions pay very well. I mean, typically $1,000 to $2,000 a day for just walking in and being the presenter. Now, certainly to do that, they're looking for somebody who is skilled in doing that. So if you contact those companies and tell them you're interested in that kind of an opportunity, they're going to want to know what you have done. They're going to want to see video of you presenting. But these are very real things. I mean, I talked about just last year, a pastor that I worked with who had refined his skills in presenting. He was really good in the pulpit, but he didn't want to do that anymore, looking for kind of a semi-retirement position. And he did get an opportunity with Fred Pryor seminars and immediately started doing these seminars where he was booked for 10 days a month, which really is a pretty aggressive commitment. But they wanted him because he was that good 10 days a month. And in doing so, he felt like he was on vacation 10 days a month, no evenings, no weekends, you know, no midnight calls because somebody's teenagers didn't show up. No, none of that at all. 10 just full days. He got to travel around and he was making more money than he ever made in his life. So yeah, those are real, real possibilities. Again, Christy, thanks for bringing that up. I'll put that out there again. You know, I encourage you to explore the options of these companies. And if you've got a background that lends itself to that, absolutely. Those are real opportunities. 
Beth says, let me start off by saying thank you for the encouragement that you've been to me these past few years. Um, it's been a winding road of adventure and learning, but I'm about to release my first products from my own business. I'm very nervous, but very excited as well. I did have a question, however. I read your weekly newsletter, but I don't remember this topic ever coming up. Incidentally, um, we still do a weekly newsletter. You know, you'd think, well, with electronic media and all the social media things we've got, maybe we uh, don't do that anymore. But we do. And the reason is because of people who receive that, who say, please don't take that away. So there are a lot of people who aren't, aren't on social media. We may address that in one of the upcoming weeks. There's a guy, there's a documentary out there, The Social Dilemma, which is uh, pretty frightening. And a lot of you are seeing that, making comments. Yeah, it's, it's something that we certainly ought to be thinking about. But um, we still do a newsletter because there's a lot of people who are, are not active on social media and they still want the tips about what's happening in the career place. The other kind of things we offer with that quotations, humor, and all that. So anyway, uh, Beth says you've been getting a newsletter, which is that I don't remember this topic ever coming up. What advice do you have regarding health insurance? I'd love to leave my job, but I would be without insurance. I'm single, so there's no spouse's insurance to rely on. That also means there's only one income and a very limited one at that. In fact, my insurance is really the only thing holding me at that job. It's a very good insurance plan, as I'm sure you are aware, health insurance is very expensive, especially in my state. Um, not sure what, you know what, she's got a KY on her email address. So I suspect you may be from Kentucky, but it's expensive in every state. My goodness, everywhere. How do you advise new business owners to handle health insurance concerns? Thank you, Beth. Great question. It does come up a lot. We do have a page dedicated to that, and we'll, this prompts me, we need to update that. I've made some notes here that I'll share with you, but we need to update that and have that readily available so you can just go to 48days.com and search for self-insurance for health employed. Probably still something there, but I know we need to, to update that because so much has changed. But not a lot of has changed, even with this year, with the coronavirus and all that. It really hasn't affected the kind of things that you have as options. Let me just say this. You, you have so many options being self-employed for health insurance. That should never be a reason to stay in a job. I mean, here's the kind of example that I often put out there. You know, I talk to people who are making $60,000 a year and staying in a job they really don't like because of the health insurance but they have an idea. They have something they could do. I mean, if it's to start a landscaping business, you know, they could maybe double their income. Well, do you think you can figure out the insurance piece if you double your income? Yeah. There's so many options for that. I mean, I've never had company provided insurance in all the years I've been an entrepreneur. And so I've done a variety of things. One of those being shared cost plan. We were with Good Samaritan for years. And I'll tell you about that in a second. But also, I want to first just kind of set the stage here where you need to recognize as somebody who's self-employed, you are a very attractive customer for health insurance companies. Here's why. If you work for XYZ company, 
you get up on Tuesday morning, eh, you got a kind of a scratchy throat. You think, you know what? I'm just going to call in sick. I'm going to go fishing for the afternoon. Yeah, I'll run by the doctor just to make it legit, but I'm just going to do that. I mean, that's, um, I'm not dissing that, but that's kind of the mentality that often is prevalent when somebody knows they've got company provided insurance. Yeah, take a day off. Yeah, go get. Uh, go visit the doctor, it's covered. Yeah, I'll go get this little surgery. It'll give me a week off with an excuse. What happens if you are an entrepreneur? What happens if you're self-employed? You get up on Tuesday morning, you get that scratchy throat. You think, hey, I'll gargle, drink some orange juice and get to work because you're on your own. You don't look for excuses to get out of work. Health Insurance companies know that. Entrepreneurs are way more attractive customers than people who just think like employees. Now, just think about it. I mean, it just makes logical sense. Thus, they provide a whole lot of great options. So you are an attractive candidate. Now, certainly, if you've got some kind of devastating pre-existing condition, there's going to be limitations. I'm talking about if you're in good health. I mean, Joanna and I have always been in great health. We've always paid minimally for insurance. Of course, this season in our life, we have uh, the government-provided options. Sometimes I feel guilty about that because I've always been wanting to take care of it on my own. But at this point, we're on Medicare. No secret about that. And grateful for that. But we always had insurance on our own. Now, here's some of the things. I'll give you some names here, and then again, I'll put some notes in the show notes today. Probably the best overall plan for the self-employed is something like United Healthcare. I mean, there's inexpensive plans for self-employed, like with Kaiser Permanente. Um, if you want to combine dental insurance or vision insurance, if that's important, then you want to choose somebody like Blue Cross Blue Shield or Cigna. I mean, if you're an older person, but yet not able to take advantage of Medicare, you probably want to check out Humana. I mean, those are some of the big names out there. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a link in our show notes, too, to an article from the Dave Ramsey Organization about self-employed health insurance. I mean, consider agencies that you could be a part of like National Federation of Independent Business, which you could be a member of, and they have special rates for their members, or the National Association for the Self-Employed. I mean, those are a couple big organizations. You can be easily a part of one of those as a self-employed person, and they have programs for their people. I mean, keep in mind, there are, there are tax benefits, tax deduction for health insurance when you're self-employed. What I've always chosen to do is have a really high deductible. So yes, if there's a car accident or a heart attack or something like that, you know, a child gets hurt, you want insurance. But I always carried policies that had like $25,000 deductible. Those are very inexpensive because most things don't cost that much. So I just plan for the things that don't. And and the, one of the best ways you can plan for the things that you're going to cover yourself is to have an HSA, a health savings account. So that's another way you can be putting money in there. It's tax deferred. So you don't pay tax on the money you put in there. And then when you have an expense that needs to come out of your own pocket, you, the money is there and you take it right out of that account. So that's another great way to do that. Another thing that is really popular are these health care sharing ministries. 
And if you're a candidate for one of those, there's some wonderful options out there. They, in fact, do uh, just what I described, where they have a high deductible. It's not traditional insurance, but they have a pool of money they have access to if it's really expensive. And then on the lower areas of cost, it's just shared by the members. So if you go in for um, a child goes in for a tonsillectomy and it's $2,500, you turn that in and other families with their monthly contributions are going to just share that. They'll give you a monthly amount and you may, I don't want to give figures here, but some of these advertise, you know, family rates that are four or $500 a month, which is pretty reasonable. But these are some you can check out. Again, I'll put these in our show notes. Christian Healthcare Ministries, MediShare or Samaritan Ministries, Liberty HealthShare. I mean, that's who my uh, some of my kids are part of. Then I'll be an entrepreneur's Liberty. Um, Trinity HealthShare, Freedom HealthShare. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. But they, there's options there for you. Don't even give a, a second thought to not going out on your own if you have the opportunity to do that based on the fact that your current company is providing insurance. That just uh, should not be a deal. Keep yourself healthy. My goodness, during this pandemic, we've seen the dichotomy of people who have been keeping themselves healthy and people who did not, who were then very, very vulnerable. But keep yourself healthy, hold your head high, start your own business if you're a candidate for that, and figure out the insurance piece. Not a big deal. I never, I never, never saw that. I never, I never spent a nanosecond. I mean, I certainly, I always had things in place. I always had insurance in place, but I certainly never spent a lot of time muddling over that because there's so many options that are readily available for those of us who are self-employed or who are in fact entrepreneurs. All right. Hey, we're going to, you know, I'm going to wrap up with that. And the other questions, we'll save those for another day. I hope that's been encouraging to you, Gal. If you, if the leash is broken, either you broke it yourself or it got cut unexpectedly, check out the freedom that you have, the freedom that you have to explore new options these days. My goodness, whether that be to find another job, companies are hiring left and right. Companies are screaming for people to come back to work, good employees that they're looking for, but then also are the opportunities to do something else where you can be more independent. You don't have to be totally on your own. You may choose to have five companies you provide your skill for, and you just increase your security by doing that. And all the way down to being an entrepreneur, you may have a hot dog stand, have 276 people every day. You get a lot of security when you're doing something like that. Or remember our quotation for today from Herbert Hoover was, freedom is the open window through which pours the sunlight of the human spirit and human dignity. I hope you're enjoying this year. I hope you see this as a year of triumph, of joy, of victory, of accomplishment. May have looked different, but don't allow being redirected to stop you in your tracks. Just redirect, look for the new opportunities on the path that's opening up. Thanks for being part of this group. Golly, those of you who are already in the Eagles community, we're having a lot of fun there. We're seeing dramatic uh, success stories in the Eagles community. You can check that out at 48dayseagles.com. If you're not yet there, we welcome you. Any day you want to join us is fine. Just did a webinar recently and had a whole bunch of new people come in. We're eager to see them, eager to work with them and their ideas, but we'd welcome you in there. Thanks for being part of this group where together we know we can without a shadow of a doubt 
find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. 